Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on February 12, 2023. Amen. Thank you, choir, and very well done. We are continuing our study of Jesus in Luke's Gospel And today we get to what I consider a fascinating parable. Jesus had this amazing ability to tell a story, a simple story, that is translatable into any culture at any time, with characters that anybody can relate to. If you read other ancient texts, then you know they don't always make sense to you unless you've taken a a course and ancient civilization or culture. But when you read Jesus, you marvel at how a public speaker 2,000 years ago had the ability to tell a very simple story that would translate into any culture, any time, any language, any people group. He had the ability to say something that immediately connects and resonates in our souls. Now, of course, we know why that is, because He is our Creator. He knows us and He understands us, but it's an amazing thing that that you could take something from 2,000 years ago in a different language, a different culture, different part of the world, and talk in a way that we relate to. Today, we come to the parable of the persistent widow. It's also known as the parable of the unjust judge. And that gives the characters, the two characters, only two characters in this little story. Now, it's 2,000 years later, but you and I know people like this. I mean, we can always almost picture them and put names to them. So the two characters, the first is a widow who had been taken advantage of. 2,000 years ago, widows were taken advantage of, typically then and today The man dies before his wife, leaving a widow, and she is often defrauded. Jesus tells us that story. That's still an issue. Senior women are often, in today's world, targets of fraud. And in the second character in the parable, Jesus introduces an ungodly judge. A judge who doesn't pay attention to God's law and really doesn't care about man's law. He's all about himself, and if there's nothing in it for him, he's not going to give the judgment or rule in your favor. I mean, we still have leaders like this today and and judges like that today. Today, they might even be in Congress, but that's a whole different issue and story to talk about. But there are two people and this simple story with an amazing and really, if you'll let it, a life-changing message. So I want you to think about it as we read, how simple it is, and yet how profound is it. It's in Luke chapter 18, and we're going to begin reading with verse 1. Let's stand together, and let's read this parable of the persistent widow. Luke 18, 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, 
grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And that's a good question. You may be seated. I really do want you to understand this parable. It's pretty straightforward and easy to understand. But don't do what some people do with this parable Some people listen to this parable and then they criticize Jesus saying that he's comparing God to an unjust judge. Jesus is doing nothing of the sort. Obviously, he's contrasting God with the unjust judge. So I want you to make sure that you understand what this story is telling us. And the first thing I want you to see, and you should always look this when you're studying the Bible, the first thing I want you to see is the context in which this story occurs. Luke was a master at putting the stories of Jesus in a sequence where the thought flowed from one passage to the next to the next. This is an absolute classic Jesus sequence, well thought out in a very powerful way. So I want you to recognize the flow from last week's passage to this week's passage to next week's passage. Last week, in a passage in Luke 17, we talked about the return of Jesus. And Jesus told his disciples, listen, he said, there's going to be tough days ahead. Luke 17, 22, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. And so he was honest with his disciples. There are going to be days of defeat. There will be days in which you don't see victory. There will be days in which you experience discouragement and you will just long for the day of Jesus to return, but you're going to have to wait. He said, I want you to know that. And then in today's passage, he went on to say, listen, don't allow discouragement to overtake you. Keep praying and don't give up. There will be tough times. Keep praying don't give up. And then in next week's passage, which by the way, Pastor Jeremy will be leading us in, Jesus will teach us how to pray, the right attitude, the wrong attitude towards pray. So understand the flow from one to the other. There will be tough times, but Jesus is coming back. In the meantime, don't give up, don't get discouraged, don't quit, Because God will ultimately answer the prayers. He cares for you. But if you're going to pray, pray correctly. So you got this beautiful flow from passage to passage to passage. One building on the other. But start with that first truth. Believers are not immune from tough times. We experience grief, challenges, Issues, heartache, injury, addictions, 
family trouble. We experience them like everybody else. And sometimes, and I want you to understand this, sometimes tough times hit Christians harder than others because we care so deeply about people. I mean, we want to see spiritual victories. We want to see revival. We want to see people coming to faith in Jesus. We want to see change in the hearts and lives of the people that we know and that we love. We want to see our nation moving in the right direction. We care, and so sometimes it hurts when we don't see those victories. But remember the sequence. Jesus taught, there's going to be tough times before I come back. Expect those. Be ready for those. But don't give up because I care and I will answer your prayers. And if you're going to pray next week, pray with the right attitude. An attitude of humility rather than of pride and arrogance. An attitude of, God, I need you, not I'm better than others. So understand the sequence and the context. There will be tough times. But don't give up because I care. I love you and I will keep praying for you. But if you're going to pray, do it with the right attitude. That's the context of this passage. And the next thing I want you to see is the contrast. Jesus is not comparing God to a judge who doesn't fear God or care about people. What he's doing is he's making the serious contrast to make a point. Listen, if even an ungodly judge who doesn't listen to God, doesn't listen to people, if even an ungodly judge who doesn't care about the widow will finally concede and give in to her request, how much more will God, who loves you, cares for you, is interested in you, wants what is best for you, how much more will a loving God answer your request? Now understand that the motivation of in this parable, the judge's motivation was simply annoyance. This woman will not leave me alone. She's in my courtroom every single day asking for justice. She's like a kid who, who, who knows mom and dad have candy, and she just keeps asking for it, and she is getting on my nerves. Before she does something crazy... I'm going to give her what she wants and then tell her to get out of my courtroom. That's the attitude of the judge. Jesus is saying something completely different about God. He loves me. He cares for me. He wants me to keep coming back to him with requests until I get an answer. He cares about my health, my character, my life, my family, my finances, my issues, and my challenges. He understands me and he wants me to keep coming back to him. And ultimately, he will answer my prayers. Not because he's frustrated with me, but because he loves me. And so he's making a real contrast. This, this is how people operate. God's on a whole different level. I've been a dad for a long time. Almost, well, I didn't say it because I didn't want to tell you how old my oldest daughter is, but I've been a dad for a long time. 
And during most of those years, my kids needed me and they knew it. You know, when they're babies, they need mom and dad. When they're preschoolers, they need mom and dad. When they're children, they need mom and dad. When they're teenagers, they need mom and dad. They just don't want to admit it. But what I like as an adult is when my grown kids come back to me and say, Dad, I need some help. I need some advice. I need to know what to do. Can you help me with this? Even if it's nothing more than my car broke down and I'm on the side of the road, could you come pick me up? I love it when my grown kids call upon me and ask for help. And that's God's attitude towards us. Call upon me. I love you. I'm interested in you. I'm not leaving you to take care of things all by yourself. All you got to do is ask. And so there's a contrast with human beings. All right, I'll help you. God's attitude is, no, I want to help you. I want to be involved. But you need to ask. So, so that's the context. That's the contrast. And then the teaching itself is very direct and straightforward. And there's really no way, if you just read this passage, to misinterpret what Jesus is saying. For Luke tells us right up front. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. I like what, you, what Luke did there. I mean, I don't want you to misinterpret this, so I'm going to tell you ahead of time. Jesus is telling us a parable so that we will always pray and not give up. And so the simple, direct teaching of the passage couldn't be any more clear. Always pray and don't give up. What's the message? Always pray. Keep praying. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't get discouraged. Don't get lazy. Keep praying and do not give up. Listen, we need this lesson today. Why? We need it because as human beings, we are easily discouraged. We've asked for something so many times. And when we don't get it, we get discouraged, and we're likely to stop praying. And so Jesus is saying, don't give up. Don't stop praying. Never quit. I will answer your prayers. We need it because we're often lazy when it comes to prayer. I want you to know something about prayer. I'm talking about real prayer. Prayer from the heart. Prayer where you're just crying out and pouring out what's really on the inside to God. That takes work. Going to a prayer meeting where others are going to pray with you and you're going to pray with them is work. It takes commitment. And we often grow lazy. And so Jesus is saying, always pray and don't give up. Now, there are certain types of prayer that we find really easy. You know, the habitual prayer? Hey, would you pray at the beginning of the meeting? Sure, I would, and we can do it without even thinking of God if we've been in church all of our lives. God, be with this meeting. Give us wisdom. Help us to do what's right in Jesus' name. Amen. And we, we can just whip those things out. You're going to go home. You're going to have a meal. Now, if you're at my house, you're going to have tacos. 
I'm not inviting you, by the way. I couldn't feed all of you, but we're going to have, we're going to have tacos. And, and I've told you before, what we do in, in, in our house is, you know, when we say, okay, it's time to eat, everybody come over, it's time to pray, we put our thumbs up, and the last one to put their thumbs up leads us in prayer. And then all the grandkids get to say, amen. That's easy to do. And the sad thing is, we, we can often do it without even thinking about God. It smells good. God, thank you for this food, in Jesus' name, Amen. That kind of prayer is easy. I'm talking about the prayer from your heart. Where you're calling out to God with some real issues. You're hurting. Your family's hurting. God, we need you. That's hard work. And we often grow lazy. And so to us, Jesus said, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying. Don't give up. We need it because asking for prayer, especially for ourselves or for someone very close to us, for a very personal need, is often risky. We're afraid if I really tell people what I need prayer for, I might be judged. I wish we did more of this in church and in small groups and in prayer circles where people could just feel, let me be honest. I'm an alcoholic and I need help. Or I did something really stupid and it's messed up my marriage and I need help. Or I'm dealing with my kids and I don't have a clue what to do. I need help. That's risky because we feel others will judge us. But we need that in the church. And so God's saying to us, listen, don't ever give up. Be honest, be open, keep praying. We need it because real prayer kind of goes against the flow of modern thinking. The world says... Believe in yourself. You can do it. The Bible teaches, believe in God. And through Jesus, I can do these things. It's not me. It's Him. But it's easy to adopt the attitude of the world, I can do this. I'm at my best as a prayer person when I'm willing to admit to God, I can't do this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to solve it. I need you. I've been a pastor for a lot of years. And so people often think, you know, if, if you're a pastor and you've been around a while and you've got gray hair, you should be wise. You should know all the answers. I'm at my best when I'm willing to tell God, I don't have a clue. I don't know what to do. I'm at my best at a da as a dad when I'm willing to say to God, you know, this is a new situation. I don't have a clue as to what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to say, how I'm supposed to help. I need your help. That goes against the flow of what the world teaches us to do. But Jesus said to us, keep praying. Don't give up. Always keep praying, trusting in Him rather than in me.
we need this lesson because we face daily frustrations that can bring us down. I'm a frustrated pastor this morning. You want to know why? Because we have a baptistry tank right back here. And we haven't baptized anybody so far this year. Our goal is to make disciples. To see people come to faith in Jesus. To grow. And part of that is to be baptized. And God, we haven't seen any. I'm at my best when I'm willing to tell God. Do I need to do something different? Do we need to do something different? Are we just supposed to keep sharing Jesus and wait and trust that you'll bring those decisions? Yes, Jesus said. You just keep doing my work. You keep sharing Jesus. You keep praying. And you will see people being baptized again. That's the teaching. Pray and don't ever give up. You need this lesson. I need this lesson. Our church needs this lesson. You want justice, you want victory, you need answers, you want revival, always pray and don't give up. You need help in your life, always pray and don't give up. You want help in your family's life, always pray and don't give up. You want help for your children, always pray and don't give up. You want help for our nation, and I hope you do, always pray and don't give up. You want to see a major spiritual awakening in this country, always pray and don't give up. It's easy to say, but that's the message that Jesus gave us. And then he closed the parable with a question. And put it in context with what he said last week about his return, his coming. Then he asked the question, hey... When the Son of Man comes back, will there still be faith on the earth? Remember the context. There will be tough times. But keep praying and don't give up because I will come back. But will you still be with me when I do? Will you still be praying and serving and seeking on the day I come back? I don't need to tell you, because you can see it yourself, that belief in God in this country is waning. I don't need to tell you that church attendance in this country is dropping off. That's not a judgment statement. It's just a math statement. Count the people in our country less than it used to be. I don't need to tell you that attendance in prayer meetings in this country has hit rock bottom. It's just a, a numbers issue. We don't gather for prayer like we used to. So will we still be there when Jesus comes back? Will we still be praying and serving and waiting and telling people and preaching and teaching and loving people and helping people when Jesus comes back? He didn't answer that. He just asked us. And it's easy to point, well, they should be doing that. But he was asking his disciples, Jack, I'm asking you, are you going to give up or are you going to keep serving until I comes back? What's your patience level? Hey, I got two good things happening in my family this week, um, at least. But, but my daughter, Larissa, my youngest one, is getting married next Saturday. And in preparation for that, my daughter, Melinda, and her husband, Jason, are coming home from North Carolina. And they'll get here late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning. They said, Dad, we'll get to the house somewhere around 1.30, somewhere in there. So you know what I told her? I'm waiting until 1.30, and then I'm locking the door. 
I need my sleep. I ain't going to wait for you. You think that's what I told her? Yeah, I did, but I was joking. Uh, (laughs) My wife is a better person than I am. She will be up no matter what time Melinda gets here. Because it's something you wait for and you look forward to. How patient are you? If things get worse in America, things get worse in the world, will you be among those who are still waiting, still serving, still loving, still following, still praying? It was a question Jesus wanted to ask about ourselves. Hey, disciples, when I come back, will you still be there? So how do we respond to a message like this one? What is Jesus teaching us to do? I'm going to give you three things. Number one, I'm going to ask you to pray big prayers. Pray for things that will totally change your life, totally change your family, totally change our country, totally change your friends. Pray for big prayers. I mean, we believe we've got a big God, right? He can do anything and he can do powerful things, then we ought to be asking God to do the big things. Let me say, just in, 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 in uh, a way of getting you to think about this, let's assume that you have a big appointment this week and it's totally surprised you because you invited three people to your house and they're all coming. Those three people are President Biden. He's going to come to your house this week. And... President Zelensky of Ukraine and President Putin of Russia. They're all going to show up at your house. What are you going to ask them for? I hope it's better than, can I have your autographs? I hope you're going to ask them something having to do with world peace. Stop this crazy war. Stop killing people. You got big people there. You're going to ask big prayers. Now listen, you do have a meeting this week with three people. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What are you going to ask them? I'm hoping you're going to ask for a little more than just, hey, I need a few dollars. You got the creator, the power in the universe. Pray big prayers. If all the prayers that you prayed in the last week were answered, would you be significantly better off? Would your family be significantly better off? Would your church be significantly better off? Would our community be significantly better off? Would our nation be significantly better off? Think about what you prayed and learn to pray big prayers because we have a big God who can do great things. So, yeah, pray for the little stuff, but focus on the big stuff. Pray for people to come to faith in Jesus. Pray for addicts to give up their alcohol and their drug. Pray for America to experience a revival to the point where suddenly we started thinking, we got no people left to put into prison because no one's committing crimes. Wouldn't that be an incredible thing? Listen, God has done revivals in America before. The church has stopped praying for it. Why? 
because I'm not sure we believe it could still happen. If we've given up on America, we've given up on what God can do. So pray big prayers. Number two, pray without ceasing or quitting. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. I got a couple of big prayers going on right now. Some for our church, some for our country, some for some people that I know and love deeply. And I will keep praying them every day until God answers. That's my goal. I hope it's yours as well. Pray without ceasing or quitting. And then number three, keep the faith until the end. Make a commitment and live up to it. That on the day Jesus returns or the day God calls you home, you will still be serving, praying, loving, sharing, following Jesus. Keep the faith until the end comes. Now, I want to tell you two things. I love both types of these testimonies, but, but I want to share my favorite one. We love it in the church when we hear this kind of testimony, and we often put these up in front of the church, or we put them on, on, on YouTube or somewhere else. You know, you know the type of testimony that I say we often like to do, you know, where an ex-convict criminal comes to faith in Jesus and turns his life around? Those are powerful testimonies. An ex-addict who was an alcoholic for 20 years of his life gave up alcohol, turned to faith in Jesus, and started living right. We love those kind of testimonies. But you know my favorite kind of testimony? Unfortunately, we sometimes say they are boring. They are not. Little Johnny grew up in his family going to church every single week. His family prayed and taught him about Jesus. At age 9, he became a personal believer in Jesus. At age 10, he was baptized. As a teenager, he started serving Jesus in his local church. In his 20s, he was married in the church to a believer. He raised his children in the church. He worked in the nursery, served in Sunday school, worked on the buildings, told people about Jesus, then raised his grandchildren in the church and in the faith. And at age 88, he may be slowing down, but he's still serving Jesus. That's the kind of testimony I really like. We often glorify the sin Let's glorify the person who got the faith, kept the faith, never turned their back on the faith, and continued to follow Jesus. Hey, this is what I want for our church. That we keep praying the big prayers. That we pray without ceasing or quitting. That we keep the faith until the end. So I want to challenge you. You can't keep the faith unless you have the faith. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Ever come to that point where you can honestly say, I know there's a God. I know he's real. I know he loves me. I know Jesus, his son, came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for my sins, rose on the third day, and has called me to believe in him. And I've said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. If you've not done that, we'd be honored to help you with that today. And then to be baptized and then to teach you. And listen, if you've done that, I'm asking you to make a deep commitment to prayer, both on a personal and on a group level, that I will pray the big prayers until Jesus comes back. I'm asking you to do those two things. You can meet with us at 530 Wednesday night if you don't have a prayer group to join. Have a meal and some prayer time. 
and pray the big prayers that God wants us to be praying on the day Jesus comes back. Stand with me and let's, let's pray together. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.